We're ready. All right, we got all three of us here. We do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Patriot to the core, and uh, we are in the Our Town podcast studio here. So, Troy, thank you for having Chris and me. Uh, Chris and I just finished a workout this morning. Chris, I told Troy that he's angry. You didn't know what to expect, and, and you definitely did not expect what we did today. No, and I'm definitely too far out of shape to start all that, when was <laughs> especially last time you, that early in the morning. When was the last time you worked out or did something like that? Oh, about two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at your bicep. Show him your bicep there. Oh, yeah. See, I'm surgically repaired. Got two new biceps. Really? Yeah. Like like uh, implants? No. Okay. <laughs> Like, I'm so out of shape, I tore my bicep, and they had to repair. That was from CrossFit, wasn't it? No, it's from trying to move my youngest daughter's furniture around. Oh, boy. You know, cool (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) Tried to push one person and tore the other one. Oh, dang. Well, you've had some injuries in your day, for sure. You just keep plugging. Yep. Well, today we're... I wanted to get us all together just to talk about the the Mark Forrester Jag 28 walk slash ruck um, that's coming up on May 20th, and we're going to do it back in where we always did it, in our hometown of Haleville. Uh, speaking of Haleville, Troy, I've been trying to listen to episode 56 mm-hmm. uh, with Carrie Straub. Is it Straub? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Crime Straubers. That's really good. I, I heard on the way over here today... He was talking about the Eric Rudolph, who did the bombing in Atlanta. I remember the Olympics, and he bombed an abortion clinic in Birmingham. You Eric Robert Rudolph, right? Eric, Doesn't he like use his middle name as well? I think he did. I know yeah. he did. Yeah, um, that's the one that hid in the woods for two or three years or something. It was a long time before they found right. him. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then he was talking about some election fraud in Winston County. I don't know if you know that's where that's where Haleville is. Oh, really? Yeah, Winston County, the free state of Winston. So I think what he said was accurate. Uh, I don't remember the election for all deal, though. But yeah, Winston County was dry up until I don't know when, but I'm going to say roughly mm. 2005-ish. I don't mm. know. but So yeah, a lot of bootleggers. and But mm. I, I didn't know that any of that story about the election stuff. It might, it might not have been in our hometown. It could have been in... Well, know, this is hometown. all the stuff I'm learning, right? I'm, st- I'm still new here. And I mean, I'm learning fast. I, I often wonder if I'm going to learn more in two years of living here and hearing stuff than I ever paid attention to stuff in Virginia. You know, because you just kind of take it for granted. Hey, you live here, but now it's like I'm hyper focused, and I want to learn a bunch of stuff. And and I, you know, someone will mention Eric Robert Rudolph, and I'm I'm just unaware. I mm-hmm. I, I didn't because I yeah I certainly watched the Olympics and there's a bombing, but then a lot of that media once it kind of dies off nationally, maybe then it moves to the south southeast, right, closer to where where it happened. Yeah, yeah. So that's episode 56 of our town podcast. So that that's good. I don't I don't know how far I am. I'm at least halfway. Uh, that's a good one. The walk, though, coming up. So uh, one reason I wanted y'all to is because Chris has done the walk every year along with me, and then Troy has done it, did it last year for the first time. So we have some different perspectives here. And I wanted to kind of also go back and just talk about, like, how we prepare and some bad experiences and good experiences. And I know Chris has plenty of those. Troy, you had you had some... <laughs> You had some discomfort last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's mild. <laughs> but, I, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, and especially when I'm there and I see all these people, we have anywhere from 30, 
uh, the minimum we've had is 30 or 35 to – I know we've had 70 when you're yeah, that second or third year. 70, two or three or four. So – but every year when I look at the group, I just think, what possesses all y'all to do this? And most of them are from out of town. Uh, our hometown of Haleville is off the beaten path, mm. especially coming from Huntsville where we are now. You, you're going through <laughs> the forest. But it's really – there's no interstate. There's not a U.S. highway. So it's – not easy to get to. Their lodging is not good. There's not a you know, there's not a good hotel. There are a few Airbnbs now. You've you've found one. Yeah, we found one for this year. So we used to have a good little bed and breakfast there that you stayed in every year. Yeah, uh, only had I think it had four rooms or something. So yeah, small. the Fuller House. It was four to six rooms. Okay, but yeah. the people who ran it were just just like anyone from Haleville are just very gracious, humble, and just great people. Mm-hmm. They take care of the people that come to visit. Yeah, he used to make y'all uh, chocolate gravy, didn't he? Yeah, that's probably the reason I liked it so much. Never heard of chocolate gravy before I came to Haleville. You ever had it, Troy? No. Is yeah, that on the, for breakfast. Yeah, like put on a biscuit or something. Or, <laughs> I, I mean, it's—I don't know the history of it. I didn't grow up with it. I haven't had it much, but I really believe that it's more of a was like a poor man's. Um, food at one time because it's very simple cocoa and I don't know water or something probably some butter but I had no idea but it was but, great um, but it, it's turned into something that is a, a little more tried to be promoted as a little more fancy I think you know if you consider biscuits and gravy fancy <laughs> which I do I, I love biscuits and gravy <laughs> it's a southern yeah. staple man right? <laughs> yeah yeah so Chris for you what in the world possesses you to do the walk every year well there's there's two re- two answers to this question. One is, um, you know, the Lord only gives us so many friends, and when I do find one of those friends, I'm pretty loyal to them. And I think back twelve years ago, you said, "Hey, I want to do this walk," and I said, "No matter what's going on, I'll be there with you." That was one of them. But after the first time. That's probably what got me there the first time. But it's the people. I meet people from Florida, I don't know, all the way to California and everywhere in between. And they are some of the best people um, that you could ever imagine. And the things that they've been through, they've done, it's awesome. And I don't talk a lot. I listen a lot when yeah. I'm walking. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stories I've heard and laughing, it's that opportunity outweighs any of the bad. The broke feet, the hurt feet. It's just, it's all worth it. It's kind of become a family affair. Well, it has become a family affair for you. I mean, I don't think Caroline does the walk. Or she does part of it. She She's done it two years. My son, who's 16 now, has done it the last five years. He does the whole thing. One year, he had a broke leg, and he did one leg of it, I think, four miles on crutches. But uh, And then we pushed him, right? He got pushed in the... Yeah, I had a wheelchair, and it pushed him in some. But I think by that afternoon, he was ready to get in the car. <laughs> he's a trooper. He's, he's probably as hard-headed as I am. You're hard-headed, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What about you? So, Troy, you didn't know my brother, Mark. Mm-hmm. You and I, you know, we go back to 96 mm-hmm. through 97, and then we didn't see each other until you moved here. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess two years ago, did we? Did you? Did, was that spring of... 
I moved 21? here. Christmas of 21 when I moved here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So shoot a little over a year. What possessed, I mean, maybe you just felt obligated. I didn't want you to, but you, you <laughs> no. came last year. No, I think similar to Chris for at least one example. I didn't know Mark, but I know you and I'm more than thrilled to live in Alabama now and, and want to continue, you know, develop new friendships. Right. And in this case, um, just go back and strengthen that friendship because we you know, were friends, but we were missionaries. So we don't really get to, we're not, it's not like we were living our lives. Yep. You know, we're living a kind of different life that way. So now it's like, Hey, we have a career, we have families and stuff. So reestablish that. Um, I like to do hard things, especially as you get older. I think it maybe is part of being an adult <laughs> and, you know, scratching that itch of things you just didn't do as a, as a youngster and, it, it seems to be like if it's Ragnar or mud runs or ultra marathons, like I, I like to kind of seek out difficult things to do. Now I will admit I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. And I was ill prepared, totally ill prepared. I have run, I've been running. So I've been running like half marathon. I don't really want to run a marathon for some reason. I'm just not like that interested in running a marathon, yeah. but half marathons I, I enjoy. It's just more of the training for it. It keeps me somewhat in shape. It's, it's not overly difficult to do. I never had a blister, ever, like running a half marathon. So I figured I can walk 28 miles. And then sure enough, within seven or eight miles, I'm starting to develop blisters. And so now, and then I suffered through it, right? I suffered through the whole thing. And I remember Chris talking to him about how the fact he's like, hey, I don't care if I'm 100 pounds or 500 pounds, I'm going to be here. You know, just whatever in life. If I'm in shape or out of shape, I'm going to be here and I'm going to walk and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support this. And so some of it's just what, you know, I hear, I listen to a lot of like the David Goggins and other people who have these like strong minds and, and they push their bodies to do stuff. And so I'm like, all right, well, how strong am I? You know, so sometimes you just look for these, these opportunities to do something like to, to really test you physically. So selfishly, right, there, there's those things. But, um, you know, I think the overriding element is I didn't know Mark, but what can I do to just to continue to to help all of those that are continuing to help the Mark Forrester foundation and help you. And, and it's a, it's a worthy cause. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm like, there's probably a million other reasons too, but you know, and I'm all in, I'm all in on anything in Alabama. I want to go to Haleville. I've interviewed Dr. Bo Rivera. Who's your, who's Chris your neighbor? From, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. I think he's done the walk, walk just about every yeah, year. Every every year. year. And so, uh, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious to get to Haleville and, and, and check it out. And, participate yeah so for those who don't know and i didn't know you talked about the ragnar yeah so you're not a stranger to doing hard things and doing some different races and and uh obstacle course races what is ragnar and if Ra i'm even saying it right yeah ragnar is there's two forms it started as a road a road race and you have 12 people on your team and there's a logistical challenge where you don't have to have runners of all abilities on your team so you're going to have really maybe you fly if you were to flight it kind of like when you go to like a golf tournament you know you can flight you have like maybe some really serious runners some moderate runners and then some just beginnings but the idea is it's let's say it's from Huntsville to Al to Atlanta I don't know how many miles that is 300 250 but that would be like a Ragnar we're going to run from Huntsville to Atlanta you're going to have 12 people on your team and you're going to have two vans six six runners in each van and the captain is going to there's predetermined checkpoints along the way so runner one, he knows he or she is going to run three miles, and then the next time they run, it's kind of a leapfrog thing, right, all the way to Atlanta. 
And um, so you can run three miles your first leg, and then you're probably going to run it eight hours late. Well, in, with road, you're probably going to run 10 to 11 hours later. So after your leg, the van picks you up, they drop off runner two, and on you go, right? So Where do you sleep? Uh, anywhere. In the van or? Uh, no, you're not going to have room in the van. We slept on the, we slept in sleeping bags in the, on the, in a parking lot, okay. like in grass. And there, there are, there are, there is a campground that they will, what, what they strategically try to do is have when the van one is kind of done with its day and van two starts, that's, there's usually a campground of some sort there and some food and stuff that they've, they've kind of provided for everybody. But for the most part, you're just on your own. And it's really fun because you really have talk about the camaraderie of a walk, right? You have, yeah. you have 12 hours. We had 12 and a half hours last year to, to meet people and talk to Chris. I'm going to talk to Thad. I'm going to talk to Sasha, whomever, your kids. Same thing in the van, right? You build some camaraderie. Now, there's another version, which is the trail version. And that's a lot easier logistically where they'll choose like a state park that has like mountain bike trails. And there's, there's gonna, they're going to pick three loops. Everyone's going to run those three loops but you camp out. So you're at the, at that same venue, runner one goes, everyone else is chilling, doing whatever, you know, then runner one comes back, then runner two takes off and they have like a red, a yellow and a green loop. And they're all very, you know, green is a little easier than red, that type type thing. So there, there's benefits to both, but the, but it's, you're going to run somewhere in the middle of the night. So imagine running in the forest at 3am and you just, you have your lights and that's it. Right, and, and they have mm-hmm. they have signs. They have these signs that light up to tell you go left or go right, that type of stuff. But it's a it's a grind. You know, the first leg is kind of easy. You come back and rest, but then you're tired because it's really kind of like bedtime. But you got to wake up and you got to go run another four or five miles, and now you're really tired. But then you got to wake back up and run another four or five miles, and it's just this thirty. It's usually about thirty hours straight of of just trying to manage your body and your, and your diet and nutrition and hydration. And, but I tell you what, the walk by far is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> That's good. Wow. I mean, so, so Chris, how do you prepare? How do you prepare for the walk every year? Um, I show up, <laughs> I find my shoes out of the closet that I walked in last year and put those on. That's the only time you wear them, right? <laughs> yeah. I wear them one day a year. So we'll talk in a minute. We got, we're going to talk about gear, and so we'll get into that, how you figure that out, yeah. He wears his Belega socks. I'll give you a precursor to that. There you uh, go. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a game changer when I found those. <laughs> it was. Me too. Yeah. Troy, how did you prepare last year, and then how, what are you going to do different this year? I didn't prepare at all. You thought, because, hey, I run. and Yeah, I thought I, I was running, and I may not look like it now, but I'll run three times a week four or five miles each time. I figure I'm here, I'm pounding the pavement. I'm overweight anyway. My body's, I'm stressing my body. I don't get blisters. I'll be fine. So I didn't, I just felt like I'll, I'll be okay. Total. I was totally ignorant and I didn't, you may have sent me some tips. And I didn't, I didn't, I just, maybe I didn't have time. I was also starting my own podcast and I was using a lot of my time to, to do that. And I just figured I'll, I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I showed up right away, I'm like, oh, this is bad. I can just tell like what I with the socks I was wearing, the shoes I was wearing. So I just felt like, yeah, as a runner that doesn't run, you know, I wasn't like I was training at that time for a half marathon, but I was running fairly regularly. I thought it'd yeah. be okay. If you only knew how many people were just like you, I mean, Chris has seen it too. Mm-hmm. The number of people, and 
I, I cannot stress it enough. And and I write it on the website. I write it on, write it on Facebook. I tell people, but nobody listens. And I say, look, you have to train. And, and I don't care if you do CrossFit five days a week. Yeah. If you run, you probably are not doing something like this ever. And I know you've been walking pretty much your entire life. Yeah. Hey, hey, what's the one guy? And it's the saying I'll never forget was, if you can pour concrete all day, you can walk all day. That guy shows up, <laughs> and he is awesome. Well, that is Steve Bryant, and he'll be there. He's coming. And he is amazing. He's he's usually our oldest walker. <laughs> and this guy, so he's the dad of a great friend of mine that we grew up together. Sally and I grew up together, went to school, graduated together. And then he, he has a son who's Mark's was Mark's good friend. Okay. And Steve has done the walk, I believe, every year. Well, I mean, he started the first year, didn't he? He's missed a year too because he had a bad injury. But he wears these um, work boots, doesn't he? Work boots with white cotton socks. Never really? changes his socks. Wow. And just happy and smiling all day. He's he's inspiration. He's one of those ones I talk about. That's hey, if this guy's out here doing, it, I don't care how hurt, hurt I am. I'm gonna finish. And if he if he's in pain, nobody knows it. No, he he's he's just a, a machine. He's an amazing person. He he goes. He basically does everything I say not to do. As far as yeah, he doesn't change socks. He wears cotton socks. Uh, he wears boots that to me would not be comfortable at all. But he's got it figured out. And man, he's he is great. What, what a great. He man. may just be tougher than all of us. He's tough. Yeah, he he he's poured concrete for a long time for sure. <laughs> Well, I've been. I was thinking about why. Why is it difficult? And I may have. I may have been trying to philosophically um, understand my my pain and my grief. Like if you if you run or if you pour, maybe Steve's the exception. But if you feel like you're doing something somewhat rigorous on a consistent basis, that should translate to being able to walk. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that's that's difficult about it is when you run. Typically, you're running on the same surface, at, at the same pace, at the same rhythm the same cadence, if you will, for that period of time. But walking is, we went up, we went down, we were on gravel, we were on asphalt. Uh, those, those, you know, yes, you can run up and down grades, but I think there's just something about it's It's not necessarily consistent, right? Your steps, you're hmm. stepping off a curb, yeah. you're stepping on this, you're And you're also socializing. Most people are talking, yeah. too. You're not in some zone. A few people get in a zone. But. So, and, and I think running, you never lose your momentum. Right. Just about every step in the walk, we're losing momentum. Yeah. So you're having to use different muscles to try to pull yourself to the next step. You're, you're turning around, even just turning around, pivoting to be like, hey, are you okay back there? You don't do that when you run. And it may just be a few steps, but I think it's just enough to, that it it causes enough variation that you start stressing the you know, other skin and blisters start forming and you, you, you cramp or um, you just get sore yeah. in different parts of your feet. Yeah, so let's let's talk about gear. Um, so, Chris, you know, uh, the very first year was 2011. We did 30 miles. We did 30 miles because Mark would have been 30 on that year. That's how it was going to be. For those who have wondered, we did. We added a mile every year based on how old Mark would be. We got up to 36 miles, and that's when we said, I, I, "Well, I said, look, okay, I guess I have to use some sense here." This is going to be a strain on our resources. It's going to get dark. Yes, I know I'm gonna, I was this hard charger, and we're going to keep walking. But think about the volunteers and the walkers, and let's just let's just do 
someone had suggested just do 28 miles for Jag 2 It's like, yeah, so let's just do that. So that's what happened. We got to 36, and that was the most we did. So we're back to 28. But the first year, compare your first year. Talk about your what you wore your, and what you expected in your injuries and then how you've adapted and changed since. So I've never really known what to bring or what to do. I read your <laughs> Facebook post or whatever saying, hey, get this stuff. So I went and bought some hikers or some kind of boots. And I guess they were too small. Mm. So somewhere around lunchtime, my foot started swelling up where it wouldn't fit in the, <laughs> the shoe anymore. But uh, we finished. So that was the year, I guess, I got a stress fracture in my foot. and um, You knew it was broke before. Because I remember you just putting that head down and uh, walking. Yeah, it hurt, but. Then the next year, I said, I'm not buying shoes too small anymore. So I bought shoes that were too big. <laughs> because, by the way, your feet are going to swell. And no matter what. That was worse. I think <laughs> the bottom of my foot come off in that sock. <laughs> so I'd rather have a broke foot than big blisters. <laughs> and somewhere around year three or four, I figured out, hey, we're walking on the road. Let's use tennis shoes. I don't carry a weight like some of Mark's teammates and uh, guys do. They do a real ruck. I pretty much just walk all day with them. So I went to tennis shoes, still blisters, and then whatever year that was, I found the right socks. Since then, yeah, pinky toe's bad or a big toe or something, but for the most part, it is great. Um, are, those shoes, are those Brooks? Do you use the Brooks running shoes? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're like a 2012 model. <laughs> he wears them once a year. Okay. <laughs> they're in the bottom of the closet, still, like... still full of gold bond or whatever you put down in there for your shoes. Hey, be careful because every time I have, it's only my golf shoes. I've had three pair of golf shoes that I only wear like once a year for Mark's golf tournament, but I keep them in the garage or I used to. My other, one of my other, other garages got hot. And three daggum years in a row, the soles broke off my golf shoes. Really? So I had to either tape them on. Somebody had athletic tape. And so, uh, yeah, sometimes they, those might just fall apart. Yeah, that's why I started golfing in flip-flops. <laughs> I take them off to drive, put them on to putt. So that's all good. Yeah, those, those uh, what do you call those guys? They don't like that too much, the marshals. Oh, the marshals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I only go one time a year, so if I get kicked off. My probation's up before I come back. <laughs> what gear do you use, Troy? Or what are you gonna? What did you use last year? And what are you gonna change? Well, I do have running Brooks running shoes, and I don't remember if I started with those or not. I think I brought two pairs of shoes, which is you know I guess a smart thing to do, right? If they're similar, um, and I have Belega socks, and I think I had a. I had one of my pairs. If not, I think I borrowed. I gave you a pair, yeah. Yeah, he gave me a pair because I had uh, – I, maybe I had them at home and I didn't bring them because I didn't think I needed them. I'm, so as I have this discovery and talking to Chris, like, well, wait a minute. It sounds like I've, I've been overthinking this. I didn't buy – I probably would have wanted to buy some GORUCK stuff and, you know, buy some proper things that you would do for Nobody else. Like Chris this. won't buy it either. It's, he just, won't. it's just me. Well, I, I got a GORUCK. Yeah, you, you have a GR2, yeah. yeah. But uh, so I – my – I'm going to go with that setup. It's just easier for me to go with like my shoes, which most of my Brooks running shoes. I got a couple pair, the Belega socks. I'll probably, you know, switch out three or four times. And I think that's what I'm going to go with. Cause 
I didn't have any problems with um, hydration or, you know, feeling hungry or anything like that. It was just my feet. Yeah. What about um, your your backpacks? Did you have any blistering from the straps? And did you wear a backpack at all? Now, do you wear one? Uh, I do. Really light, but half the half the time this past year, my boy toted it for me. That five pounds kind of got heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't remember having any blisters. Okay. What What about underwear? What do you do for underwear? Just regular regular underwear. Um, like whitey tidies. Nah, some boxer briefs. Okay. Hanes or whatever they are. I don't know. Okay. You're wearing cotton. You know, okay, I, some I kind of blend, but I came across um, this brand. It's through. I, I know I got them at Target. But a pair of thieves. You heard a pair of thieves? no, but you you think you told us? I about think those. I told you about them. I mean, they're kind of like they feel like they're a boxer. Uh huh. You know, but they. I mean, everything now has some sort of stretchy spandex material. But I just use those, and I no problems. Okay. Yeah. I, I buy all my clothes at Sam's Club. You know, go get a frozen lasagna and some. Good underwear, and shorts, <laughs> t-shirts, and then a hot dog for a dollar. Yeah, pizza. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the biggest fountain drink you can get. <laughs> but the ice machine never works. Sam yeah. doesn't do a good job taking care of that. I don't think <laughs> they don't take care of a lot. <laughs> but you know, it's funny is as I always told people, and I wrote about it too, is like get some good hiking boots with a good you know good strong heel and mm. get some good socks. And I, I settled on smart wool years ago from the very first walk. And those things are expensive. You know, I had to, and I didn't buy all of them for the, I mean, I bought several pair, but I, I, I'll continue to buy them throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And I really found what worked. It did good, but you know, Chris, a few years ago, was like, man, I, I think you should go low top. Get some low top shoes and, and wear these Bolega socks. And so I was like, I don't know. I found what works. And then I love my, my Mac V1s. Mm-hmm. But in 2021, once again, my my those smart wools, they would make my ankles break out by the end of the day. And you told me they did that to you. And um, I actually got a blister in 2021 with my Mac V1s. Of course, I didn't do it in 20 because I'd had my Achilles rupture and surgery. So I, only, I couldn't walk. But that was a tough one for me. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, Chris. I wanna... Actually, I bought some new boots, some Jedbergs. I started training in them. And I was like, these just don't feel good. They're a little too loose. And so I pulled up. The... I got them on. I got the old ballistic trainers on with the Belega socks. I said, I'm going to start using I'm going to try them out. And I felt better last year mm. after the walk than I've ever felt any time ever. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. So all the people that I told wear some good boots. Well, I mean, yeah, because I'm not I'm not carrying weight either. Mm-hmm. I do when I train, but yeah, when we do the ruck, I don't. The only weight in my backpack are, are socks and a small blister kit. Yeah, you know the body glide and things like that. Mm. Yeah, I definitely believe the guys that are carrying the weight. All the uh, controllers and different folks that are there, they need that hard sold boot, you mm-hmm. know, support. We some ankle, ankle support, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I guess it was one of like, the second year, one of the guys from North Carolina said, you know, I'm not carrying weight. One of the other guys, I guess, would give him a hard time for wearing his Ranger panties and some tennis shoes to do the walk. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them are in, you know, their fatigues. And toting this big backpack, he said, you know, he said, this is no different than being out on the road or something walking. And my feet are hurting, and I got those big hikers on that are too big. And I'm thinking, 
Man, that's a smart guy right there. <laughs> but uh, is Haleville, um Will there be as much incline of what we did last year on the virtual walk? Yes. Yeah. It's a hilly place. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, last year we went up that mountain over at McMullen Cove. That's pretty high, right? We've done that. I guess both years we did. It yeah. Here. But there's plenty of hills on our route, right? I'm, yeah, we, we've had a few routes. Especially in after lunch, it seems like that's all it is. Okay. Yeah, of I all can't. the legs, you know, you start, and maybe the first leg has a lot of hills, but that one where you sit down at lunchtime and, you know, everything kind of just. Everything kind of stiffens up, and you're like, all right, I got to walk again. Mm-hmm. Then it's just getting hot, and you got that big lunch. Cause, and we come out of the shade. We've had the canopy yeah. for a little while. Because, I mean, when there's cookies there, you got to eat at least five or six. <laughs> and put that on top of all the Gatorade <laughs> and everything. You feel great. Lunch. <laughs> yeah, it is funny to see people as the day goes on get stiffened up, and then... And then if it's like, if we start getting spread out, I'm like, hey, y'all slow down. And some people think I'm saying stop. I'm not really saying stop. Just slow down. Let's walk at a normal pace, not a Chris Brayberry's pace, but a, a or a, a slower pace. And then some people are like, I can't stop because I'm stiff. Well, you don't have to stop. Just slow down so we can stay together. Yeah, we had that one guy. He was a me- medic that, I don't know, he had lots of jokes. He was like a white Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and then his sister brought her dog to helicopter pilot. Yeah. Now they were fast. They were funny. They were too but, fast. Yeah. We yeah. we tried and tried. They wouldn't stop. And it, that was a bad, it was a lot of people that year. Yeah. We got to the last leg and they ran like the last five miles. Really? Yeah. I was ticked at him, Ben. If you're listening. Yeah. I told him you got to stop. You got to slow down. Everybody did. But um, he he was fun. He, he kept said me the, laughing. The dog was leading him. He said. Yeah. He was fun. When I could keep up with him. <laughs> so, so uh, what about injuries? You said the hardest thing you'd ever done. What about the injuries did you have last year, Troy? Uh, so I definitely had the you know the blistering, and it wasn't. Um, I mean, I think I was able to, I was able to move around, but pretty sore for a few days. I don't remember if uh, you know. It's funny how you forget. And it's good <laughs> that you forget so that you'll uh-huh. end up going the next time. That's right? right. Yeah. But yeah, I think my feet were were. We're all blistered up, but you know what really got me was when I left. When we left, you guys, I went to the Chick Fil A. You go over Governor once you come over the hill and go down Governor's by the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to Chick Fil A, and I was going to get something to eat, or I don't know, I was going to get a shake. And um, then I started feeling. I didn't start. I started like feeling bad, like I was like getting sick or something. And by the time I got home, like my body was in shock. And I was like shaking and stuff. And I think, I don't know if it was like the temperature change of just having been warm, you know, your body's warm all day. And now I'm sitting in the air conditioning and then I get home in the air conditioning. But I was like physically ill for a little while and like shaking like I had the flu or the fever, you know, like yeah. my, I think my body was just like, what, <laughs> what just happened? And this is not how you like, you know, do post race and just go get a milkshake at Chick-fil-A or something and sit in a car. That was like the most, you know, it's fine. It wasn't like, it's the worst I ever felt, but I guess I was surprised in a way how my how my body like just kind of uh, was trying to adjust to the the full day experience. Yeah, but it was but it was like I can't. I still it's like I can't wait till next year because I'm going to be ready and I don't want to have to go through this. <laughs> well, I hope we have a good turnout. Worst injury, Chris. I mean, you mentioned the the broke foot and the the bottom of your your skin falling off. Is that uh, it? What what do you think? Yeah, those blisters that one time. 
I think the whole bottom of my foot was a blister. The pad all the way to the heel. Yeah. I got a picture of it. Uh, that wasn't the worst one. That hmm. was one probably like three years later. That was up on the like the. It the was on ball. the pad of your foot. Yeah. yeah, the whole part was blistered and went between your toes. And this is when you had to go back and stay at the Imperial Inn, that that bad hotel, right? <laughs> so, I only did that one year. Then y'all found the uh, Fuller House to bre- okay, bed and breakfast. Okay. Maybe I did it two years. But, uh, yeah, it was a game changer, too. But how did you go to work? Because you work a lot. You probably went to work the next day, like Sunday. <laughs> yeah. There was one day it took me 10 minutes to get from the truck inside the building, you know, <laughs> the next morning. I think it was probably 5 o'clock or something the next morning. Yeah, yeah those those were tough mornings. And you look, since my boy's been doing it, um, like, we'll leave the race, and he's out there shooting basketball at the Fuller House. I'm thinking, I'm just laying in this recliner, and he's out there shooting basketball. Um, young folks can recover a lot faster than yeah. us that get over 40 and out of shape. Yeah, I would say the broke foot was bad. It took longer to recover, but, yeah, the blisters is probably the most painful. That's just opening that skin up. What do you think is best? I've... I've- I've never had to. I've never had many blisters, so I haven't had to do it. I've just seen a bunch. But what's what's the best thing to do when you get a blister? You're halfway through the walk, or do you need to just try to leave it alone, or go ahead and pop it and get the get the pus out and well, and, and put a put some moleskin on it? Well, I'm not the right guy for that because I don't know. I just put a new sock on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. I think I guess it depends, but yeah, we we there's a lot of blister care that goes on that day. Yeah. I'm definitely the type that would pop it. You would go ahead. I think I maybe I don't remember if I ever had a pop. I think I just they were ones that weren't going to pop. Like somehow they were just really spread and they weren't like concentrated. I don't remember, but if I do have one, I would I would pop it and I would and I would treat it and put some moleskin on it. Yeah, and okay. I may I may have done that. Like especially when we went to the Mercedes for lunch. I think mm-hmm. I remember like that was the most I was trying to care for my foot you were you were really in some serious pain and or discomfort for half the walk is that would you say yeah that? i mean it started it definitely started at like mile eight which wow, i think so you had 20 miles left i think was like we were not even up the starting to go up the hill and then by the time we came back down that's when it really started to like okay i'm this is gonna this is here to stay <laughs> And then uh, it just got like it'd be one thing if we didn't like it's probably better in those situations not if you could in it and it's not feasible to not stop ever again and just <laughs> just go for you know fifteen whatever you have left just go and finish the, the walk but you do have to stop but the the pickup is difficult right when you've stopped and you've rested and yeah, like, that- especially <laughs> like your um, at your in-laws place, right? That was like the last three or four miles. That was really hard to get going again. But we had milkshakes from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think the first hundred yards after you stop is probably the worst, no matter when the stop is. Yeah. Well, something that happened last year I didn't expect is my nephew, Nick, who is in pretty dang good shape. Yeah, he's a beast. And um, he had to drop out. And I, you know, it killed him. I mean, it just killed him. But he, I think he got dehydrated. Mm. And that's one thing that maybe people don't think about is because he drank solely water. He, I'm guessing my non, non-professional advice was he probably needed to get some electrolytes. He probably needed some salt, needed mm. some Gatorade. And, 
and his legs basically locked up on him. And I thought I could revive him with some with some compression with my ruck wraps. It didn't work. Mm. So yeah, he he was out. He was done after twenty five miles, twenty four, whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have far left. Yeah, I hated it for him because I would be ticked too, you know. But he he couldn't walk. Mm. Chris, what's the what's your most memorable year of the walk? Probably when we did uh, thirty six. So we did thirty six. I don't know the weekend before yeah. in Tuscaloosa because mm-hmm. you had to be. I had to be in Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City. So then the next weekend or two weekends later, however it worked out, I don't know if it was seven days or 14 days later, we did the walk in uh, Haleyville. And it was a killer. It was hard, but still happy to see Johnny and everybody else. Their attitudes will pull anybody through. It's kind of infectious the way they are. Yeah. Um, but it rained us out, and lightning. It was raining so hard you couldn't see the person in front of you, and the police decided it was too dangerous for us to finish. Yeah, the lightning. So that was like at mile 34. I mean, we were pretty close, but I was done. I don't think I could have made 36. Nobody <laughs> argued when those buses no, showed up. No, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, I think the mayor was like, hey, I'm making the call here. We, yeah, we, they, we, they we took us out off. Here. Yeah. Then there was a... Uh, it was one year it was really hot. Bobby's dad, Tony, was there, and he was trying to finish or do something, so he didn't want Bobby to buy a motorcycle or something. It was it was something between them two, and they kept, yeah, yeah, back and forth the whole time. And then Tony, uh, he was trying to make it, but it was hot, and he had to get an ambulance to get him some electrolytes. He got way too dehydrated. I don't remember the ambulance. But it was it was awesome. Um, but... Every year, there's there's something going on or someone there that's just pretty inspiring. Um, I don't know that there's one that's the best. 36 was good, but even the first year, I was at an eye at the folks that, that showed up to support yeah. uh, Mark. Uh, Haleyville's just, it's different. It's not something that you see every day in the U.S. Uh, it's such a patriotic town. Just even at Mark's funeral, everybody lining the streets. And when we show up to do the event, everyone who volunteers to help and man, everybody's hospitality is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it's just awesome to be there that weekend. It's uh, it's very uplifting. Well, uh, Troy and I were out eating pizza a few weeks ago at. Oh, I got an update on that. Valentina's. Valentina's. And he, he knows hateable. He was like, crazy he's like i want to live there you know what uh, this is new news he won he's in vegas the, they just finished the world uh i guess it's like the international pizza expo no and it's like the world competition for for pizza right so joe carlucci is the reigning world champion for the traditional category there's traditional non-traditional like there's a like gluten-free and then um i can't remember what the other one was so he did traditional, and then he did non-traditional this year, and he won. And he won. Not only did he win that, and he talked about this if you go back, and, and I, I interviewed him in, in two of my episodes, and he mentioned it in both episodes where if you win the whole thing, Pizza Maker of the Year, then you can no longer compete, and that's what he won. So he, not only did he win his category, <laughs> but he won, he won the whole thing. Wow. And that, but so he's, he's like, it's, a, it's like a, a catch-22 because he – 
he likes to compete, but who wouldn't want to be, you know, crowned the pizza maker of the year? Yeah. And that just happened yesterday. That's awesome. Good yeah. for him. But yeah, he he perked up when he when talking about Haleyville and and he knew about nine one one being you Yeah, know. 'cause he's been there for the nine one one festival selling yeah. pizzas in his pizza okay. truck. Yeah. The best pizza in the in the world or the country, is it is it is it international? The, the contest well, it's worldwide worldwide so yeah. there he was selling his pizza you know at the 9 festival in high level yeah and he can't compete anymore yeah in those games uh, now i guess he can <laughs> judge or something i guess that's like every lawyer commercial that comes on tv they got that disclosure right <laughs> one's not better than the other <laughs> if you get too good you can't have commercials anymore let me ask you this, Dad. Um, one, of, I've only done one walk, but one of my favorite memories was just watching your boys walk with us for quite a while. I think they, I, th- I, I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised how how much they they did, and I'm sure that they were, um, I maybe maybe a little bit surprised that they couldn't do more. You know, and it got to a point where like, okay, they were done. Mm-hmm. But have they? Have they talked? Are they excited? Have they forgotten whatever pains and travails of last time, and they mm-hmm. can't wait to to walk a segment this year? Yeah, they keep saying they want to walk the whole thing. Okay, you can, but you can't just show up. You've got to practice. So they yeah. they've only been with me once this year so far. Okay, they'll do it. I mean, they'll do a portion of it. So Rosin's going to come, and she'll have to be there, ready ready for them. And they may maybe they do a section here and a section there. I'd imagine that's probably what will happen. Yeah. But I mean, they do remember, or at least my oldest son, Jack remembers his feet hurting, but they didn't have any, you know, they didn't have any blisters or anything. They're just tired. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're looking forward to it. And I'm glad because several years ago, we rise and the boys joined us and we I pushed them in a, in a, a stroller. Mm-hmm. And then one year, I think um, one or two of them walked the last leg from my parents' house to the school and, but now they're older and they can walk a little farther. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome to see people's kids do it. Uh, we, we've had, you know, Eric, Eric Harris has done it most years and he's got boys. Of course, his boys are older teenagers now, maybe even out of their teens, some of them, but they've done it. Yeah, since they've they were, done it every since year. they were, you know, young, below, younger than a teenager. Yeah. Has uh, Sydney, I mean, um, uh, Charlie Beck ever done it? No, they do the, the run and mm-hmm. the races there. Yeah. And then they come meet us at lunchtime or something. So what? what I've done you... a leg or two, but no, not not a lot. Yeah, I like the end. Yeah, a lot of people jump in the very last leg from really? my parents' house because there's a lot of people at my parents' house by then because they're the the last stop. And then a lot of people jump in and walk that last three and a half miles or so or four. Just that real quick, going back to Ragnar, what you're supposed to do, and it, this sucks. Like you know, you're you're done. You just want to go home. But when you're last runner, so and I always feel bad for the last runner. Because everybody else is like packed up and they're ready to get out of there. And this person is just finishing. And we usually only give them like three minutes before they're like, get in the car. We're going. Like, we're out of here. But you have to run like together. Like for like when they, it depends on where it is. Like sometimes there's like a, a like a bridge that they have to build, you know, for, for crowds or something. And the runners run over that. But let, let's say it's 200 yards or 100 yards. And you kind of run to, as a team. Because it's a team thing as well. Cross the finish line. That's hard to do. If you haven't been running for like six or seven hours and you, you had blisters, oh, and you just don't yes. feel well, and now you're like, wait a minute, I have to do what? No, like, that's I, awful. And you're limping, and you're like, we have to, we have to run again. I don't really want to, but you want to be a teammate, and and everyone's just struggling to. Oh yeah. To get no, across that's, the line. that sounds awful. <laughs> that's what reminds me of that. Like, oh gosh. So what would y'all do different with the, with the walk? It's pretty much the the route has changed up a little bit. 
but it's pretty much the same route, pretty much the same stops, pretty much the same food. Well, I mean, what what would you change? I don't know that I would change anything. It seems, yeah, I think we've had two routes, maybe. The first routes, we didn't go through the forest. Now we go through the forest, and it's a long dirt road. Mm-hmm. I, I like that better. That was a good change. It's a neat little church to have lunch at in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. No one would know. It doesn't out there. even have an address. It's got really latitude and longitude. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I think it's it's grown and what it is today is is good. I don't know that I would change much or could anything. You, Dad, could you do this? Since I've only done the virtual, can you really quickly step through and hay level on this on the course? We start, and then where? How far in is the stop, and what do we do at the stop? Because I, I think last time it was great. There was a, we did like a drink stop after I don't know mile eight or nine, and then mm-hmm. at mile sixteen or seventeen was lunch or something, right? And then we had another stop and blister care. But yeah, can you, for my benefit, not I haven't even been to Haleville yet. Can you just walk through like when? Yeah. So here's what how it happens. We're going to meet at the high school, mm-hmm. the parking lot up the the main parking lot. Um, we got to be there, be there about five 45. We're going to get on a bus. Um, so we've got Todd Barton who uses the, I think it's the first United Methodist church bus. He'll haul us over, probably take a, maybe take a couple trips, haul us to the cemetery where Mark is buried. That's where we're actually going to start. Okay. And the reason we do that is because we end at the school. So people's cars are there, but we start at the, at the cemetery. We'll, we will, um, there will be somebody there with some bagels and some nice, easy breakfast, snacks and then um we'll do memorial push-ups at the there at the grave at first and then we'll head off in our next stop and i've got the route on the website too and people can download it uh the next stop i don't know where it is now it used to be 4.7 miles i don't know how far it is now i can't remember it's about four or five is rabbit town and all the stops are about the same we have different groups volunteering at each stop so um, a, a local church is doing stop one at Rob, Rabbit Town. It's a it's a little it's a little they call it a trading post. It's just before you go into the forest, then at Bankhead National Forest. Every stop is meant to be as quick as possible, but it gives you time to to just to refuel and, and address your feet if you need to and your equipment and, and use the bathroom. We'll have a porta potty at every stop, and there's also woods too. Okay. Then we hit the forest from there, and then we hit about six miles on a dirt road, I believe, Chris. That's a long way. And then the next stop is lunch, and we'll have another, the American Legion there. They they do the lunch. It'll probably be sandwiches from Subway. That's what they normally do. It's worked out good with some cookies, for sure. Lots of cookies. And some fruit. <laughs> and um, lunch is a little longer, of course. And then um, we leave there and pretty much leave the canopy, the shade, and it's getting getting warm then, usually. Then the next stop is a, is a, there's a, another stop. We'll have some volunteers from the city schools that'll, that'll take care of us there. Then the next stop is my parents' house and we have volunteers there and, um, they're from, from our, the, the church of Jesus Christ, our, my parents' church mm-hmm. there. And then we'll, we'll hit the school. And the last few years we've had some really nice volunteers that have been cooking barbecue. We've actually, we've actually had a full on meal right there at the wow. school. Um, we've also had Jack Jack's has volunteered, has donated a buttload of milkshakes. That's pretty nice, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if you if you think if you've never had it, a milkshake right after something like that is great. But I mm-hmm. I think it was, it hit the spot. Oh yeah, and I think they're going to do that this year. 
One year we had we had some people. I didn't even know it was going to happen. They handed out chocolate milk. I thought the chocolate milk was pretty good yeah. too. Yeah, that was good. That's a lot of what a lot of um, runners will drink after a race is chocolate milk. There's something with the carbs and the sugar and stuff yeah. that are really yeah. good for for recovery. Yeah, I mean, back to what you said with the milkshake and what I was saying about the hospitality and the folks that support everything in Haleville. There's not many restaurants that would donate. 75 milkshakes mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot them. normally when i go through the drive through the milkshake machines broke not in haleyville <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so i asked for a milkshake and it's broken yeah, but it's McDonald's. not broken in haleyville <laughs> no you're, you're thinking of mcdonald's <laughs> yeah um pizza hut used to offer discounts so some of us would go they would actually open the buffet up just for us after the walk and give mm-hmm. us a, a little discount, but not many people liked that. I, yeah. I liked it. But we did it a couple of years. That was good. Yeah. Not many people went. A lot of people want to go to Guthrie's cause that's where it started, but I don't really, I, that didn't sound good to me after a while, but of course the, the barbecue barbecue is the same thing, but I love having the barbecue right there and then being done and then going home or to my parents' house and be able to, to relax a little mm. bit. What about any tips? Tips, tricks, you know, things to help you make it through to, to prepare for or during during the event. I'd say listen to Thad Forster. <laughs> read, read what you've what you've. But nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to read. It. And, and I've adapted over the years, but yeah, listen to his new tips. You know, his old tips. Hey, but see, Chris, Chris got me on the shoes, and you had a good one last night that needs to be shared too, which I agree with. Is you don't want your shoes too loose. You need to tie them yeah. up. Get them a little. Tighten them more than you normally would, probably. Yeah, I was afraid That's what you was going to say. I didn't remember what I said. Yeah, you were you were uh, uh, you were asleep with your eyes open. That's yeah. probably the one thing I remember the most tip wise from last year. I didn't do is just tie tie your shoes tighter. Hmm. I'm I'm remembering all the stuff I got from Chris and Sasha just uh, chatting, you know, alongside of them. Yeah. Yeah. You find any of those guys that have been there and done it, and they they share tips all the time. Yeah. And I've got some on there, too, from Matt Mueller. His is more like train, including what you eat, what you drink. You don't want to get diarrhea while you're out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So don't introduce something new because that one year, you know, uh, Bobby Bonello and Tony them have Honey Badger. It's it's an energy drink. That's Mm. their company. And they brought a bunch of samples, and people started drinking them. And Mm. people did not – some guys did not do well with that because they hadn't had it before. Oh, wow. I did okay. I thought it was great, but – I guess I was the lucky one. Yeah, you were. Hmm. Yeah. What else? What else about the advice for anybody coming? What about those people who are, you know, well, on the fence? I, I want to follow your advice on, on one thing I'm going to do is at least three times a week. I'm just like, rather than doing what I would normally try to do the exercise, I'm just, I'm just going to walk. I'm going to ruck. But can you comment on how you start with weight? 30 pound, you do that for a while, then 20, decrease the weight, and now, and then you get to no weight. Is that a matter of the weight is just helping your body to um, transition or whether or condition it to the 28 miles? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's just, I love to ruck. I just love okay. to carry weight, and I do it all the time, all throughout the year. And so I don't think it really has a, I don't do the weight just for the walk, I just do it for the training. Yeah. But then I get as my miles go up, I was like, okay, yeah, the thirty pounds gets a little heavy, especially with okay. my new my new rucksack. It's, it does, doesn't have as good padding, so I go down to twenty, and then I just go and then I remove it 
come April, pretty much uh, sometime in April, I don't have any weight and I just, I just walk and yeah. So I don't think the weight is necessary. I think it's just good to do because it's, I just, I believe in rucking (laughs) period. Well, and I think I'm going to try to at least do a 14 or 15 mile in preparation, right? Just see, you know, see how Mm -hmm. I do number one. Cause I was definitely already in a state of this isn't, you know, this is going to be a long 28 miles. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I guess I definitely want to do that in the month of like sooner than later. I want to put myself through that and just and as an evaluation, right? Okay, I'm going to tie my shoes tight, and I'm going to wear my belegas, and I've got my shoes, and and how do I, how do I do? If you want to do it together, we could do that. Too. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah, y'all should do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my wife used to train with me. We lived in a neighborhood in Trustful that was just super hilly. I don't yeah. know if you ever went in there. You did, I think. Super hilly. And before kids, we, she would train with me, and that was an awesome, awesome workout. Mm-hmm. What do you think about memorial push-ups, Chris? We do them twice. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing is once we finish the walk, immediately we do memorial push-ups. So before you're going to really you get your get your snack or take your shoes off, pretty much it's memorial push-ups again. So a lot of people are smoked by then. But you've got – it's uh, it's about thirty push-ups is how we do it, right? So, yep, or thirty-three or something. So, what do you think about that part of it, man? I think it's it's pretty surreal. You think about you see these guys who've given everything, like Mark, people who have signed up to give everything and protect our country and keep war overseas, uh, and they're out here. I guess leading us and. It's just inspirational to me. I'm very, I don't know, it's, it's hard to talk about sometimes that how gra- gracious I am for the, the the sacrifices they make and that opportunity to be around them and kind of be included with them. Even though I'm not good at push-ups, I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. You did them last year once, I believe, Sasha led us at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And you were already... Mad enough as it was. What, what did you think about that? I, I remember thinking, the, the great. It's a different like. <laughs> let's do it. Like, <laughs> different position. We're not using our feet. Or, yeah, yeah, it's better than our feet. And then yeah, there was the. Uh, I tried to channel the same thing of just there's nothing like brotherhood, and even if obviously if there's some women and sisterhood, right? Like when you're um, bonded in a common purpose, and in this case, you know, remembering the fallen and family member. Um, there's it's uh it was it's a, it's a it was a powerful way to i guess um just offer one more reminder of mark and so it's not just about mark but it's mark and his team and his family and um and then we're all together and we're all in pain but we we continue on right with with something in push-ups and and following a leader down up down up whatever right it was just there was a lot to that that was symbolic it was really cool yeah yeah so what about anything in closing, fellas, advice or anything? It, yeah, if you're on the fence about trying it, I'll tell you, it's it's one of the best experiences. Back when I would have to uh, pick vacation against five or six folks at work, that was the first weekend I always picked was the weekend. So I made sure I'd have that opportunity to be there. And I, I won't tell you it'll be easy. But most things that are worth doing aren't easy, and it's completely worth doing. Yeah. Anything from you, Troy? Yeah, I mean, I um, 
other than things that we've talked about, I touched on this maybe just a little bit, but it's always fun to meet people. And as you know, you have a podcast, I have a podcast and you're hearing people's stories and you're diving into different parts of their life. And it's, uh, it doesn't, it does. If you've ever thought about any training you've ever been to with your company, um, I don't know, or something, you did a group project in school and you, you come together with some people you don't really know. And then by the end of it, it's this, you know, you're hugging and, and your friends or it's, it's life changing in that you've, you've, um, you've learned from these people and maybe it's helped you cope with your own loss or your own struggle or, or whatever. And it's the same, you know, you're going to be in this group and you might show up and like, Oh, I don't, I don't know anybody, but I'm telling you after 12 hours, you'll have talked to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just the way it is. You'll walk and, you know, Chris and I could be talking and then the next thing you know, you know, he's going to go talk to his son and I start talking at that. And then I start talking to the people that I don't know. And then by the end, there's a camaraderie, right? So yep. that when you do those pushups now, it's like you have formed this, this team, you know, concept and you've learned a lot about um you know one another and it just always reminds you like how precious life is and how precious our our families and our life stories are and how important it is to 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 talk and to share and and with others because it's just so helpful you know and then later what happened with nick right i mean i meet nick and then later he's fighting for his life in the hospital Mm -hmm. right and that meant a lot, you know, that, that touched me even more because I spent time talking to the young man. And then I interviewed his future father-in-law, how, you know, like that type of stuff later where now I feel like a lot more connected to him and it all is all because of the walk. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I really love about it is if you is seeing the people who only see each other at the walk, but they are good friends. Mm-hmm. And these are not just men and men and women. It's, 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 all men and women, all all friends, all ages, coming from all over the country. And if you look at pictures throughout the years, then you're going to see a bunch of people that look happy. I mean, really, and even they're in pain. When you see people smiling, they may just be happy that day, you know. But whatever you're going through in your life, that is a really great event. And it, because of the people, because of the challenge, and because of the discomfort, too, I think. But... Yeah, it really is. It's always something that sometimes for me, it's an event that 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 I love, but I don't always look forward to it for some reason because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But dadgum, the day off, I'm like, I feel like I'm walking on air the whole day. And so I may have had more injuries than I even uh, that injuries I might would have recognized other times. But I just feel like that day I've got there's so much positive vibes around me or something. And uh, maybe Mark is there with us, you know, but I, I just like, like nothing can stop me kind of thing. I don't know. I, I love it. I think kind of what both of you guys said is it's about fighting for a common goal. It's not just your goal to finish. It's everyone's and, mm-hmm. and you're all doing it together. Yeah. That's why we stay together. We don't, the purpose is not, this is not for, if anybody's thinking, Hey, I'll go walk it real quick and be done. No, that you're coming to the wrong event. Yeah. The purpose is to stay together. We're going to walk around three, maybe three and a half miles an hour. And if you get spread out, you're going to hear me, and I, you'll, I'll probably annoy the crap out of you. But if you if you walk too fast, it's just what happens. We want to stay together, and I'll have some some guys in the group that'll help help kind of monitor that. We have we have so many wonderful volunteers. We have policemen, a policeman. That, just think of driving a, a car 
three miles an hour mm. all day long. That's got to stink. <laughs> yeah. And they do it. And they stop at the stops, and they're as nice wow. as can be. <clears throat> and later on in the day, we'll get another policeman in the back, usually after the race. And um, the volunteers, I just can't thank them enough. I mean, all different ones, and they spend their their money to to feed us mm. and to give us drinks. And, and um, we have plenty of people that drive by and pass out drinks in between the walk, in between the – the stops, that way you don't have to carry a bunch of drinks with you. You don't have to carry a water bladder if you don't want. I don't carry one. I'll take an extra drink and walk with it. And then sometimes when it, if it gets hot, somebody's coming by with some drinks. And uh, that's a big help. Mm. Um, the I'll have the new patches soon. So we are going to give out patches to everybody who completes the walk this year. And I think they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, they've, got a, they've got a subdued... Jaguar in the back, and I know y'all have seen it, seen at least some version of it, and the eyes actually re- are reflectors. And then it's got the logo and the 28 miles on them. So I was talking to Dan Skidmore, who was a teammate of Mark's and who's the director of training for GORUCK, and I said, what do you think? You think we should do a, a, something again? And we've done patches before. I'm not. We're not doing T-shirts this year. And he's like, man, I've seen people do incredible things for a patch. I was like, okay, maybe we'll just do a patch again. Plus it's been a few years. So uh, we'll do that. I think that's, do y'all want to say anything else before we wrap it up? No, I'm good. No, it's just, um, it's amazing just sitting here a year later, you know, and, and to know Chris and uh, be excited to see him and kind of hug him like a brother. And I think that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm really excited for, for the walk this year. Good. Who knows what we'll, what kind of turnout we'll have right now? Because yeah. nobody registers early; they always register late. But we, we'll get a. I try to keep the people, the volunteers, updated on how many about how many people to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see the big group again. Yeah, it's going to be good to be back. Um, Lauren Tinker's been pushing that too. You know, she runs our race, and so um, appreciate her doing that. And we'll uh, May twentieth, two thousand twenty three, Haleyville, Alabama. All the information is on the website, markaforster.com. Um, I'll have links to uh, your Instagram. I don't know if you post much, but you, you definitely Never read. post anything. Uh, I'll have your Instagram. <laughs> Are you still TikToking it, too? Uh, some. Uh, um, I don't post anything on social media, really. But yeah. I like to keep up with my family and and other people, you know, friends. Yeah. I will say for those, so for the podcasters, those watching, please, I don't ask this a lot, but I wish you would go to, if you're using Apple podcast or if you're listening, if you're using um, Spotify, those are the two players for sure where you can, you can rate and leave a review. Please do it. I prefer you do both rate it with the five stars and, um, and then leave a review also. It takes just a little bit of time, but it does help the podcast to get to get noticed, to get to show up on searches better. You know, it just looks better if you're looking through podcasts and you see one that's got a bunch of ratings. Then it, it helps people at least to think, well, maybe this is something worth listening to. And hopefully today's is something worth listening to. <laughs> but the walk is something that's a passion of mine and uh, this event, and, and I love it. I really appreciate y'all taking part in it because it's, it's very inconvenient. You drive an hour and a half, you're going to be driving an hour and a half, and then it's – and then – it's not like you're just driving there and back. You're going to be at least in some discomfort. But if if it's like last year for me, which I expect it to be, uh, I'll be good to go. The ballistic trainers, the Belegas, the body glide, um, good. Yeah, body glide's a big key. Yeah, the body. I put that on my feet 
between my legs. I mean, that's it. What do you, where do you, where do you use it? Um, pretty much all the fat rolls, but, uh, <laughs> no, uh, around your arms, around your armpits, uh, your thighs, feet's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anywhere you're going to get a lot of rubbing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy some. I don't have any yet. Yep. I just got a new one just the other day. Small one. You don't, you don't need a whole lot. Okay. Just get the small joker. Okay. I think, well, that's it. We'll sign out. Appreciate y'all listening. And, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Chris and yep. Troy. Thank, thank you. you.
and I love and raise my can Sing songs out loud in my truck that we loved back then I wish I could tell you how Sometimes it's easy and sometimes so hard well, I swear to God I'm an atlas to the world I left It's the rough of the shoulder And it's the weight of the world Let me see strange in the way That it's not a memorial day No, it's not the day I cried It's the day we fought the first died And the day the second He turned us insides out I have to leave my job 